0: Oh my goodness gracious, folks, it happened again. I sat down to record an intro for this podcast, and I think, okay, I'm just gonna, it's just gonna be five to ten minutes. I'm gonna do it right in Audacity so that I don't have to do it on my phone and then upload it and transfer it because it takes so long. And then and then I get to a pause point where I have to look up the word acronym because I can't remember what acronym how to say the thing what the thing I can't remember how to say the thing that means a um an acronym. I just couldn't think of the word acronym, and now I can't think of the definition of acronym. Well, I go back and I listen to the awesome, hilarious intro I've recorded. I mean, it was so funny. I was all over the place. I was here, I was there. I was throwing in references. I referenced a bunch of things that you would have been like, oh, like subtly picked up on, and like, oh man, your little brain would have been tingling. And what do I find in the background but a little buzz? Oh, and this podcast already has audio issues that I'm going to have to excuse... And I just can't, I can't bear to give you another chunk of, of freaking buzzy audio. So, here we are. I'm recording on my phone. I can be just as funny as I was in that intro. There's no reason I can't. I can come up with new material. I don't need any of that old material. Um, and I just, I'm, I just want some of your sympathy for me, um, and and not ridicule, like, please don't ridicule me and be like, hmm, this guy is making a podcast and yet his computer buzzes every time he records in it and yet he still insists on trying to record in his computer. Okay, I don't need that from you. I realize, I realize that it's silly, okay, and I think I've learned my lesson now, but I don't need, I don't need you like coming at me telling me that I'm, you know, just, just, just check that at the door. Okay. You can go, go, go to other podcasts and, and give them shit, but I've got enough, you know, (laughs) I got enough shit on my plate, folks. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to restructure my running style. Okay. I'm trying to relearn the way I run. That's a big thing. That's something that's been conditioned. I've been conditioned to run a certain way gotta rewire that. Good morning. Good morning, by the way. Hi. Um, I'm not crazy. (laughs) I'm not crazy. Um, (laughs) I'm fine. No, I'm fine. Guys, I'm fine. I had some coffee. Um, My name is Gabriel Roberts, and I, I really hope this isn't the very first time you've listened to this podcast, because you're probably a little concerned right now about what you've gotten yourself into. All I can say is that it's not always like this, nor will it always be like this. And that's a good lesson for life, don't you think? It's not always like this, and it's not always going to be like this. Well, right now I'm in Vermont, the Green Mountain State, and I'm coming to you from uh, from the state of Vermont. And you probably aren't in Vermont, or maybe you are, but um, you know I haven't picked up a whole lot of listenership in the state of Vermont to this up to this point. Most of you are in California, in Colorado. Or deep, (laughs) deep inside your own ass. Am I right? (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) Come on out of there. Come on out. All right. Come on out. I know. I know. Come on out. Come on out. Bring yourself out into the light. It's beautiful here. It's springtime. It's so gorgeous. And I now understand why people live in Vermont. My first two visits to the state, I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. Oh, like snow. This is cool. And then after a week, I was out of there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because it was cold. But now I yeah, see the springtime, and I understand why people wait through months of winter. It's a just a phenomenal explosion. And it all takes place within a month. Oh, boy. <laughs> Excuse me for a moment, folks. I'm going to go answer the telephone. I'll be right back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Guys, that was the IRS calling. Well, it was a robot who s- represented the IRS, saying, Hello, <laughs> the purpo- we have been trying to reach you. The purpose of this call is to inform you that the IRS Internal Revenue Service is filing lawsuits against you. Holy shit, at that point, I almost screamed and shit my pants. But I kept listening. We have been trying to reach you. To learn more about this case, please call our department number. <sighs> anyway, I didn't know the IRS talked that way, and I'm scared shitless that they're filing lawsuits against the owners of this house. I don't know what we're gonna do. We're gonna have to hire a lawyer. We're gonna have to get our own robot that can speak back to the IRS robot. And we're gonna fight this, alright? We are gonna fight this to the end, to the nth degree. <laughs> Ooh, you like yourself? You like a mixed metaphor? I like a nice mixed metaphor every once in a while. Let's fight it to the nth degree. Um All right, so I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of all over the place here, but essentially this is like an introduction to a podcast. All right, so this is where I set the stage, let you in a little bit on what's going on in my life and then get you hyped up for this podcast that's coming up. So in my life, I'm in Vermont, and it's gorgeous. I mean, really, truly gorgeous. And uh, I like to think that every place is beautiful. You know, everywhere, everywhere is beautiful. Everywhere in this great God's green earth of ours is beautiful. But the truth is, folks, I'm going to give it to you. Are you ready? Um, if you don't want to hear it, <laughs> You might want to put your head back in your ass. But if you do want to hear it, here's the truth. Some places are more beautiful than others. That's right. Well, I don't know, it's just different. It's different. I mean every place is beautiful, but seriously, uh Vermont in the springtime. I don't know I don't know that there's any more anywhere more beautiful than this. The only problem is these things called black flies. And they're these little insects. They're flies and they're black and they bite. They bite and I've got a little bite on my jaw that I've been uh, rubbing. And um, and they like to um, they like to come after you in the shade. Uh, they like to come after you after it rains a little bit or just whenever you know just whenever. And um, they're attracted to the deep. Waters of your eyes. You know how you're attracted to the deep waters of your lover's eyes and you look into your sweet, sweet lover's eyes and you want to dive into those deep waters? Or you want to you fold yourself into a tiny capsule and work your way into your lover's nostrils, the deep waters, the deep depths and pits of your lover's nostrils and ear holes? Well, that's what a black fly likes to do. They like to get in there and buzz around and then bite you and swarm you. And you could die. It's true. It's true. This has been confirmed by a recent web search. You can die from getting bitten and suffocated to death by black flies. And you know what? They probably wouldn't, um, their mindset probably wouldn't change. It wouldn't change from like, oh, we're just bothering this person to, oh, we're killing this person. No, it's all the same to them. It's all the same. It's just diving for those deep waters and biting you the nose, uh, on the face, and they are also attracted when you sweat and when you uh, breathe out more. So, like, say you're working (laughs) outdoors, and they start biting you, and you're trying to concentrate on your work, and they're buzzing around your face. Well, as you get more and more frustrated, as you work harder and harder, as the day gets warmer, As you build up more of a sweat and as you start exhaling more, (laughs) the black flies just come at you harder. It's a tough, it's a real tough feedback loop. And um, and that's why, like, that's probably why Vermont can be this beautiful. Because if it was this beautiful and it didn't have black flies, I don't know what would happen. Everybody would live here and it would be ruined. So I guess we should be grateful for the black flies. I don't know. Um, get some insect repellent. I guess I, I'm I'm new here, so I'm still just I'm still just figuring things out. I'm still getting used to the fact that I live here now. I live in Vermont. Yeah, I live in Vermont. Interesting in Vermont. A few things I've noticed. Um, people don't wash their cars. Basically, they just don't because. A car here is something uh, that is going to deteriorate rather quickly. And so, like, you're not going to worry about your paint job because your entire underside will be rusted out before your paint job starts to go. So why bother washing your car? Also, you're going to be driving on a dirt road later today. So why bother washing your car? I wash my car. I notice another thing that I think may be a Vermont thing: uh, no hose, hose nozzles. They don't really have nozzles for their hoses. First of all, because it rains relatively uh, frequently, that you rarely have to water. Okay, you obviously you didn't you never wash your car, so you don't need the nozzle for that. So, like, if you even have a hose, you don't need a nozzle. You turn it on, and you I don't know. I don't even know why they have hoses here. But they certainly don't have nozzles. Um I'd be interested to see what it would be like to be a nozzle salesman. A nozzle a nozzle salesman in Vermont. It'd be a tough gig. <laughs> It'd be a tough gig. Uh better off selling bug spray, am I right? For those black flies? <laughs> see how I brought that back? Woo! So you're still with me, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I've got, a, I've got a, I've got a real podcast for you today, and maybe that's why I can make such a terrible introduction, is because I know in the back, in the wings, or in the future actually, or in my com- it's like in my computer actually, and it's like ahead of this recording, it's, a, it's, in, it's, it's in your future once you get through this, you'll get to the podcast, and I guess I could, I could tell you about that, um, about that podcast. Um. Do do anything else I need to tell you about me? Um. My name is Gabriel Roberts. I don't know if I said that. Hi, hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Painting Pictures podcast. I'm Gabriel Roberts. I'm happy to be here. I really am. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad you're tuned in. Grateful for that. Um, learning how to, learning how to run differently. That's what I'm working with, and right now my little ankles and calves are sore. I've been reading a book, been thinking about running a half marathon, and I've been thinking a lot about barefoot running. Now, I've, I've barefoot ran before. In fact, in California, I once went barefoot running, and I got hollered at by somebody driving by in a car, and they said, woo, barefoot running! And I didn't take that kindly. It felt—I think I probably talked about it on the podcast. Um, it felt like ass, like assaulting, like that was being verbally abuse, like assaulted from a car. Not going to happen in Vermont. Someone like you go barefoot running, and they'll just be like, "Oh, that guy's barefoot running." Like they don't care. No one cares here. No one gives a shit about what you do. It's beautiful. They'll just be like, oh, that guy's fucking barefoot running. On with their lives. (laughs) On with their lives. They don't feel threatened by it, you know. Um, Who the fuck cares that a dude is running barefoot? Like, big deal. Big deal. California people, they're so worked up and on edge and in their little minds. And they see someone barefoot running, they're like, oh, barefoot running. (laughs) Oh, running. <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's one of the differences between, that's, uh, it is, that's one of the differences, I'll say it, I'm just gonna say that, that is one of the differences between Vermont and California, is in Vermont, nobody gives a fuck, <laughs> really, really don't care, they really do not care, get on with it, your life, my life, two different things, uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, big gravel stones on these dirt roads, so barefoot running—it's not really—I don't know—it's not the best idea. So maybe some lightweight shoes. I don't know, but basically, I'm trying to straighten things out, I'm trying to straighten things out, and land more in the middle of my foot and less on the outside back heel, which is where I'm uh, usually landing. So I tried it out on, like, a little, I don't know, three-mile run. Probably not. Yeah, maybe three miles. And uh, I started to get, you know, I was, like, working with landing a little toe heel, kind of pointing my little toes a little bit, and um, started to get some pain. Started to get some pain on my way back in my knee. and I decided right then that I'm not interested in, in like, you know, getting running injuries. Just not interested in it. I've been doing fine, going and playing soccer. Like I never think about how I run. Now I'm reading this book, thinking about running. I'm going to like buy a new pair of shoes. I'm really, I'm opening up a big can of worms here. Or should I say a can of fish? If you'd like another mixed metaphor or a kettle of worms. (laughs) There's two for you. So, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'm probably, I don't know, I'm just going to need to find that middle ground. That middle peachy ground where it's soft and ripe. A little bit warm. Not too warm. Not rotten. You know, not like a rotten peach. That's gross. No one wants that. And and, and I, I like the idea. It's a beautiful place to run. You know, there's hills, there's trees, there's barns, there's woods. There's little, little creatures, you know. I finally saw a cardinal the other day. Let me tell you, I was dying to see a cardinal. I was just fucking dying to see a cardinal because I heard they were around. Never seen one. Uh, This guy was dying to see a cardinal. (laughs) And I finally did. I finally saw a cardinal. Uh, my fiancé pointed it out to me. She, we were driving along. And she goes, oh, there's a cardinal! And I s- swerved and I slammed into a tree, totaled the car, scared the cardinal off, but I caught a glimpse of it, and it was cool. It was a little bit orangier than you would expect, uh, than, I would ex- than I had expected. I don't mean to project my expectations on you. <laughs> I'd rather just give you a nice, soft uh, squeeze on your tushy. That's I'd much rather do that. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you prefer that too? It's like, hey, instead of projecting your expectations on me, I'm just gonna turn around and offer you my sweet soft tushy for you to give it a little squeeze. Or pat, you know, whatever you're into that day. Pat (laughs) Pat, what are you into? You want a squeeze or you want a pat? Whatever you want, baby. Whatever you want. So I finally saw Cardinal so a cardinal, I've seen lots of chipmunks. Um, chipmunks are in that category of disappointing wildlife where turkey vultures also fall and also where, like, birch or poplar trees fall. So you're walking along and you're like, ooh, what's that? Ooh, what's that? Oh, it's just a chipmunk. <laughs> or you look up in the sky and you see a big bird flying. You're like, ooh, what's that? You're like, oh, it's just a vulture. Oh, it's just a fucking vulture. Pfft. Or, or you're walking along, and you're like, ooh, that's a beautiful tree. Is that an aspen? No, no, it's just a birch. Pfft. Weak. <laughs> no one cares. Chipmunks, birch trees, vultures. Fuck 'em. No one gives a shit. <laughs> what we want is something cool, like a, uh, I don't know, what would be cool, cooler than a chipmunk, a fox. All <laughs> right. Okay. Yep. Uh, I mean, even a bunny is pretty cool. A chipmunk? Forget it. I don't care. Go fuck yourself, chipmunk. You're not interesting. Uh, Go party with the turkey vultures in I don't give a fuck where. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Alright, you know what you guys can do together? I don't fucking care. That's what you guys can do together because no one gives a shit about you. You're not interesting. We've decided that there are certain interesting species of wildlife And, um, you just, you're not one of them. (laughs) There's too many of you. Maybe if you were endangered, okay? Go, you know, have 90% of your population destroyed, and then I'll be interested in you. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. All right, I think we better get on with this podcast. This is enough of a ramble. Wow, way, probably way too much of a ramble. My apologies. You've got all yourself a long podcast. This is uh, an interview recorded a couple weeks ago with a guy named Nick Lawless. He's a musician from the big city of Pittsburgh. He's an East Coast guy. grew up in Jersey. He landed in Paonia, Colorado two summers ago. Summer 2000 and... No, just one summer ago. 2015. And he's really made a life for himself. Um, I got to witness him landing in, you know, coming from the big city to this little small town. I witnessed his attitude, uh, you know, a little bit skeptical at first, not going to blame him, but he hung in there and he found that sweet meat that's inside Paonia. And he, you know, we can still make fun of it, obviously. Everybody should make fun of their town a little bit, but he's really embraced it. And anyway, we get to talk a little bit about Paonia and uh, a little bit about his past and, and being a musician. And I hope you enjoy the interview. This is uh, Nick Lawless on the Painting Pictures podcast. Please put your sweet cheeks together (laughs) nice and tight. Just uh, give a nice soulful clench of your buttocks. And think about this wonderful human being, Nick Lawless and open your ears don't worry about the black flies you're inside you've got earbuds in uh and they're not gonna they won't get in there just the sweet sound of his voice all right everybody (laughs) here's nick lawless some cow uh, plants here with us? And chard, yeah. Yellow chard, white chard, dino cow. I think that's what that is. Nice. I don't think I've ever seen cow plants indoors.
1: <laughs> Trying something new with the sunlight, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Eric, thanks for uh, agreeing to join the podcast. Yes, happy to be here. Appreciate it. I haven't been putting out podcasts for a while, I haven't done a proper interview in a while. I've basically just been doing like in my own my own head kind of things, or like just solo podcasts. So like just talking about my life, and those are good, but it's nice to get something fresh. Cool.
1: Well, it's I think it's good to listen to someone talk about their own thoughts too. Mm-hmm. Part of it, what drew me to want to do this is like I wonder if I'll listen to myself in a few weeks or months when yeah. like it comes out. And be like, "Man,
0: what am I talking about?" Like, or be like, "Whoa, yeah, that's a good point, yeah what do you do you have anything you think that is most likely to hold up like in five years, something you're thinking about now that you think you'll still be thinking about or still think is true?
1: I think I'll always feel like the same way about myself, yeah." Yeah, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) How do you feel about yourself? Like, extremely critical. (laughs) And I think that that will
0: hold up regardless. (laughs) I think you gotta have... You gotta be a little bit critical of yourself. I think I've gotten less critical of myself over the years. Or, yeah. uh, More... Or maybe just more quick to move on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean... As an artist, it's... uh, gotta be important to let yourself work you know what I mean yeah but uh yeah I remember years back in Pittsburgh there was one artist named Brian Hecht who was like he's a songwriter he's like a really interesting songwriter and his bands are always really amazing but uh he like would never record and never play out and I didn't get why
0: Play out as in he never played shows Like never, just
1: never do anything Basically he would just sit on these tracks And just kind of sit around all day We would hang out But you
0: you heard it just because you knew him?
1: Yeah, we would hang out and drink beer in the afternoon And I'd be like Cutting class, he's a bit older And I'd be like, why aren't you playing yeah. ever And he yeah. just never had an answer And then uh, upon moving to a small town I feel like I understand Why he never plays It's kind of like everyone in Pittsburgh knows him Yeah, He's done his thing. And I mean, for me, if I'm relating to him properly, you become so critical. Like, uh, I become so critical when I know everyone around me. You know what I mean? I become so
0: critical of what I'm putting out. Right, because you're aware of the fact that everybody has heard what you've put out or is going to connect you to what... Right, or that everybody knows me personally. Right.
1: And like, even... In a big city, you know, you're still in your same isolated sort of scene. Right. As an artist, regardless of what you're doing, there's going to be people that follow you that follow that general scene. Yeah. What's different about a small town definitely is uh, there's like so many fewer people here, you know? It's like... uh, Mm -hmm. It's like I might be referencing like a television record or something like that, but maybe like only one person in this town knows right. who television is. That's no, certainly not me. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right. The Whereas in a does. big city, really
0: you know there's at least a couple dozen people probably, or a couple hundred even. Yeah, there's maybe the a couple city. hundred people, right, into yeah. that little group. Right. So then, do you think that makes it harder to develop uh, strong connections with people? Like, in a small town, you mean? No, in a big city. Like, because, say in a small town, you could have something like television, that, like, you talk to someone and they know about it, and it would be like, holy shit! Because you both realize, what are the fucking chances that we both know about this obscure thing, and then, like, you maybe have, like, kind of an instant connection. Whereas if you're in the city, and, like, that's not a surprise that someone else knows about it, and maybe you're, like, an up you think, like, oh, that's really not that big of a deal.
1: Well, in my mind, I mean, first of all, in my mind, television's like a huge band in the 70s, <laughs> but, um... I'm
0: gonna write television down. But aside
1: from that, it's like, uh, yeah, I have an example of that. When I met my friend Paul Black out here, I met him because he was wearing a Spaceman 3 shirt, and in the city, like, if I saw someone wearing a Spaceman 3 shirt, it's like, all right, well, who doesn't know Spaceman right. 3? Right. <laughs> but here, I was like, whoa, man, like, you know Spaceman 3, let's let let's hang out, let's right. play music. Yeah. Um, I think that it's just different meeting people, you know? Like, in a small community, um, I can't expect everyone to have the same interests as me. Yeah. But I think that it changes everything about the way that I approach a social social situation. Like, you know, I don't necessarily expect people to love every band that I listen to or uh, to love what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I don't even really push that on people. It's more Mm -hmm. just about Genuine it becomes more basic, you know mm-hmm. uh, can we have a good time together
0: mm-hmm.
1: whereas in the city, like I might never know some people right if they're not into certain things because there's just so many people to choose from exactly
0: and of course you'll naturally everyone will just naturally gravitate more to people that are more like them right that have the same interests and develop connections with them whereas in a small town you're sort of forced to interact with everybody totally yeah
1: yeah I even like the like the... confederates though i try to, right like, <laughs> try to flip them off when i can <laughs> yeah you ever gotten coal rolled what's that you ever gotten coal rolled oh yeah like... once i was when i first moved here i was driving on like one of the mountain passes on mcclare pass mm-hmm. and i was terrified it was like night <laughs> It was like just close enough to nighttime that you could still see, mm-hmm. and this white truck just came as close as it could to behind me, and drove like that for like five minutes.
0: Just raised your ass. And then
1: coal rolled me, and I didn't know what coal rolling was, and I thought <laughs> this person was gonna like turn around and come kill me and like bury me in the woods
0: or something. <laughs> <laughs> were you driving the van? The t- the what were you driving?
1: Yeah, I was driving the van, and y- you can't go fast in that right van, and it's right. Snow.
0: So he couldn't have known that you were, like, potentially a hippie or something. Like, he just knew that you were driving slow, right?
1: Um, I don't you know, like... He maybe
0: saw you and was like, who's this kid with the long hair?
1: You know, in my mind, I was just like... I was like, holy shit, I'm out here in the country. This is where people get murdered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, I just was, con- you know, I told myself that story in my head. I was like, oh, I'm gonna die. Yeah. Like, today. Yeah but then nothing happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah, getting coal rolled is is when I I've 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 only gotten coal rolled on a bicycle. That seems dangerous. Which you is you Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like much worse, I think, cuz the towel pipe is like the idea is that the will part... pull up next to you at a stop sign and then just accelerate real hard and burn a bunch of diesel right. fumes right into your face. Right. And on a bike it can be uh Yeah, it can be kind of annoying. I mean, it seems like you would go blind temporarily. Yeah. Yeah, there's a guy that drives around a truck uh, that says something about queers on it, right? That he's got to stare across the back. I wouldn't doubt it. You know,
1: when I see all these, like, stupid stickers on people's cars, uh, I don't know, like, I usually just try to ignore it. The other day at Don's, I got, like, really, I don't know what was going on. I was in a bad mood. There was something going on with, like, Donald Trump, and I was just like, God, this world sucks. Mm-hmm. And I go to the supermarket, and there's just this mom with, like, a giant confederate flag on her car and her, mm-hmm. like, little daughter. Mm-hmm. And I went up to her and, like, I was like, what are you, like, teaching your daughter? Like, what is this? But I was more angry than that. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it calmly like that. I was yeah. more like, what the fuck are you teaching your daughter? <laughs> um, How'd that go? Nothing happened. She, Uh like, kind of just looked at me and was like, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) She's like, I'm a confederate. And I was like, you live in Colorado. What the fuck are you talking about? But, you know, you can curse on podcasts, right? Yeah, Yeah. of course. This this one is explicit.
0: I haven't, I don't think I've made a non-explicit one. One day I'd like to make a non-explicit one. I think I probably have one, but I just always tag explicit just to make sure, just to be safe. Let's go back to Explicit for a second. And, and murder.
1: Can we tie those okay. things in together? Yeah. I met my neighbor yesterday. Uh-huh. Alright, so I'll just explain my situation to the listeners real quick. Please play, do. Right? So, like, I just moved into this house, which is nice. I'm happy to be here. But, uh, you know, it's, like, in town. And I've been living kind of on a farmhouse isolated from town for a right, while.
0: Right,
1: And... You're on Main Street. I'm fact. on Main, well... Main Ave. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's
0: debatable. And, uh, so, you
1: know, like, everyone, it's, people don't lock their doors here, whatever, you know. Yeah. I'm really close to all my neighbors. We can, like, see into each other's windows. Right. Um, so anyway, so this guy yesterday that lives on the other side of me, he has, like, a big car salvage yard in his... Yep. ...yard, and... Um, This winter, I I watched the show Making a Murderer. Did you Uh No, I heard
0: about it, but I never
1: watched it. Okay, so they own a car salvage yard, and this Mm -hmm. guy, Stephen Avery, you know, first gets convicted of uh, sexual assault and then rape, and then gets off, like, on evidence 18 years later, Mm -hmm. and then gets convicted of murder. Mm -hmm. And the story is he, like, took this girl and put her in like a car grinder type thing you know what I mean and this guy totally has one (laughs) so so I get back here yesterday 420 all right and uh and this guy he he has no voice he's kind of big he's got huge hands whoa and he's like hey (laughs) you the new neighbor my name's mike And I'm like, hey, Mike, yeah, sure, whatever. I have, like, a bunch of shit in my hands, like, trying to go inside. Mm -hmm. And he's like, hey, you like cars? (laughs) And and I'm like, uh. And, like, I don't know anything about cars, but I'm like, sure. (laughs) Next thing I know, I'm, like, walking deep into his property. (laughs) And I'm just looking at him, just sizing sizing him up. And I can picture his huge hands just <laughs> around <laughs> my <your> neck. <laughs> neck. Just my esophagus just failing. I, I can't breathe anymore. And I can picture like his like mutant nephew or something. <laughs> I should talk quieter because you can probably hear us. I can picture his mutant nephew like popping out of under one of the cars with like a what are those, like a wrench? Yeah. Just hitting me over the head. <laughs> and then I get thrown into the car grinder. <laughs> just for no reason other yeah. than maybe I remind him of someone from his past or something where uh-huh. he doesn't like hippies, even though I'm like a really angry dude, I'm not really a hippie, yeah. but yeah.
0: But you know. It could happen, you're at the end of the street. Exactly, so no you, one can hear no my screams. Traffic. No one can hear your screams. Right. You'd just be talking quietly to you as you die, and like, it, it's he, okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, it, <laughs> it got like...
1: <laughs> so anyway, so like I panicked, like... <laughs> You know, after he brought me, like, into the third room in his garage and we're looking at these vintage cars and he goes, open the door. And I open the door and I think he's going to take my head
0: and close the door on it.
1: Um, So I get out of there. I go back to Fresh and Wild, the property that I used to live at for a minute. And then I come back here and it's dark out. Mm -hmm. And, like, first thing I do is I deadbolt my door and I, (laughs) I grab a kitchen knife. And I'm just walking around the house. My neighbors can see into my windows. Mm-hmm. And I'm just listening to music, just walking around my empty house with a big kitchen knife.
0: Yeah, just to try to look a little bit badass. No, yeah. just
1: to, to calm my fears. <laughs> and that's what my life is like now. Just here. The so, police. The police. Oh,
0: shit. No, maybe not. Oh, no, the police does have a charge no. like that. That's town
1: of Pena.
0: It's like he's got a cage on the bank. Code enforcement. Uh, mm. Hmm. Your sheep is not up to code. I wonder what they do. I don't know. Enforce the code.
1: What is the code here? I
0: don't really know. It is an interesting thing though because it definitely varies by um, like if you're in the town limits or not. Like Fresh and Wild I think is outside of Maybe it's still just it, within town It's technically town. outside, yeah It is outside of the town Yeah, things are different if you're in the town or not in the town But, uh, yeah, that's pretty scary, man <laughs> It was really weird Did you have some cool cars? Uh, you know, it
1: was like there were cool cars there But they weren't Like, it would be like you'd see it from the back And be like, wow, this is beautiful And then you'd see the front And there would be like no engine and no hood Yeah, everything like in progress dead. yeah Always, just
0: always being cut up. Yeah, loudly <laughs> ground up. Seriously, yeah, that's something I hope doesn't uh, isn't like a a trait of mine. Like creepy old man. Well, being a murderer. But more, more <laughs> I'm thinking about like uh, having a bunch of projects going on and never finishing any of them. Uh, no. And I think I have it. I don't. I think I would never be able to abide by a lot of clutter So I don't think it would happen But I see it happen with a lot of guys as soon as they get, like, garage space
1: <sighs> That's just a thing in Paonia And I think any small town Yeah I think it's because people are bored out of their minds
0: Yeah Like,
1: a lot of times when I'm driving around through, like, the plains, you know and the mountains, I'll just look at them And see, like, so you could either, like, think that it's really beautiful. Like, for me, I'm not from here, and I'm like, wow, this is great. Mm -hmm. But imagine you're, like, a 10-year-old or
0: 12-year-old kid. And you're just out in a trailer in the middle of nowhere. You're just looking at the fucking planes, and you're just like, God, this is my hell. Totally. So... You can maybe drive a half an hour and get into some, like, tiny little town that has, like... Right. right. Go to Delta, which is... Right. I don't even know how to
1: explain that to people that aren't from here. It's just... Well, it's a yeah, highway, it's highway like... Town.
0: It's a highway town. Middle America. Pretty typical. They do have a really good cafe. Have you yeah. ever been into that? Dog town? Espresso? Oh, you know what? I tried
1: to go last time I was there. And then someone hit a gaslight on the street. And a whole half side of Delta was closed.
0: Yeah. So you just couldn't get out there.
1: Couldn't could I mean, it happened while I was there. It's like she was making my coffee. Yeah. Gas line. That was it.
0: <laughs> End of story. Yeah. But you've like you've liked it well enough to to hang out for a bit. Small in Delta? No, oh, ponia yeah, yeah. Pan is
1: different though. Well, I don't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I looked at my bank account yesterday. I have five dollars forty one cents in there. <laughs> So every time nice. I, I thought I had a choice like I was like Oh I'm doing great I got a house I'm like Big balling Yeah
0: But I'm not Yeah Well you do have the house though mm. Which is pretty sweet It's true And you got windows And we got a little town That you can walk into And Run into people Yeah It's a good combo I definitely thought That I was gonna Stay in Peonia For Forever Well I don't know if I really thought that Yeah But, longer than I
1: did. I mean, you kind of were here for a while, on and off.
0: Yeah, like two years. It's a long time. No, not even two years. It is a long time, though.
1: I feel like there's a big gap here. You have people that are here for, like, a year. Yep.
0: Or you have people that are here for, like, ten years. Yeah, at least. And then you have people that are retiring here. That's been their plan. They come here and they get their spot.
1: Right, when you're... That's what you do when you're like 24 years old You come here, you retire (laughs) And you just trade gemstones For
0: food (laughs) It's true There is uh, That is one of the big differences Between small town and city I think it probably has to do with the price of rent And just the fact that In a big city Everybody is working Basically Right I mean you have people That are working Like in the service industry That are chilling At the park During the day But Here you have A bunch of people That are just Essentially doing nothing All day long It seems And uh, There's something to that Like I think that Maybe people in the city Work too much
1: Yeah I can agree with that I think here It's an interesting skill That you learn To like Pretend that you're working Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) you know, you're like, I, I might be doing something that's completely just for myself, and mm-hmm. it's not going to help me get money or get anywhere else in life, but I'll be like, oh, this is my job. This is Yeah, right. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I remember my friend Josh told me about when he was in Nepal, I believe, mm-hmm. or maybe Tibet. I don't know. Is that it's Tibetan place? Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. Maybe we'll edit I believe that. believe so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But so, like, there were three times a day where there's this massive circle in the middle of town, uh-huh. and people would just walk the circle for 30 times around, three times a day, and that was like... Social hour? Would they talk? No. No. No, no, no. You just walk around the circle. Yeah. And it's kind of like the same concept, I think. It's like, this is just what you do. This just something you do. Yeah. Yeah. And here you could kind of do the same thing. I mean, I could walk into town as if I'm going to go to a restaurant or get something even though there's nothing to buy in no right. restaurants. But you could just do a lap. Uh-huh. And then I could just do it again. And you could stop and chat with a couple people. Yeah. I do it going to the grocery store. I get, like, multiple coconut waters a day. Even though I don't even really like them. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like, all right, this is
0: what I'm doing. Yeah, (laughs) you got to. Yeah, you got to. You've got to do that. Well, you work too, so that gives you some gives you some structure. I've had some experiences though of having no. The worst has been in in Carmichael, Sacramento, my dad's house, because there you can't you can walk twenty minutes and get to a liquor store. Right, it's you can walk ways, right, 30 yeah. minutes and get to a drugstore it's, um, it's suburbia So it's just massive grids of homes And the main thoroughfares are you know, not pleasant to walk on And its cars just roaring by like 40 miles per hour in traffic So here to be able to get out there, Suburbia tends to create your little like sinkhole of your house Totally. Where you just you get stuck and and then you have to, you have to do all this effort and like plan something to get out. It's like okay, I'm going there. And you got to get in your car. Here you can just kind of be like, eh. You like walk outside to like look at something, and then you end up just like walking down the street and talking to someone and going and smoking some weed or swimming or right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Where I grew up, trading crystals. Right, trading crystals. That's <laughs> what you do here. <laughs> Where I grew up, it's like, it's kind of suburban, but it's it was only a two-mile town, and it was right on the train line to the city, mm-hmm. so, like, I would have called it suburban, but there are certainly other towns in New Jersey where it's all, like, huge houses that are really nice, but it's like the houses are really nice because of what you're saying. It's like you're walking far just to go to a convenience store. Yep. Um, I can't say I've ever lived in a situation like that. that.
0: Yeah. It's weird It seems like it would be hard I think it's kind of like the, the, The weird in between I think that I mean it's based on the fact That like Everybody I think it's based on like Everybody wanting Personal space And the type of space That you get Normally like If you have a farmhouse Like you have your own yard You have your own Kitchen Everything you need In your kitchen You have a bread maker You have an oven Like all these things Whereas in a city, you don't really need any of that stuff because you just buy it. You just buy it. So I think it's based on like everybody wanting that, but then it's it's saying, well, you can have that within like a you know an eighth of an acre or something plot, and then it just I don't know. It's false. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to suburbia. I really think in the glorious future, suburbia has to change. Like, yeah. I think cities are gonna kind of evolve, like, more or less along the same lines that they are, and I think you'll have people to move out to the country and have, like, homesteads and, like, big property and, like, growing their food and all that, but I don't know what's gonna happen to suburbia.
1: Right. Very few people have the suburban dream anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny what you're saying about wanting the comforts of a farmhouse, of the space and the bread maker and whatever. hmm Um... You know, all of the adults that I knew when I was growing up that lived in these different suburban towns in New Jersey, it's like maybe they want that sort of. I think mostly they want the safety.
0: Yeah. But it's like
1: you know, for the most part it's like you hire someone to do your lawn and you hire someone to clean your house maybe. And you don't really cook. You go to this like big supermarket called Wegmans, which is kind of like Whole Foods Uh but... Like, There's a Wegman's in a Buffalo. Health. Yeah, it's like it's not about health. It's ego. like a nice grocery store. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, but so yeah, it's kind of like, <coughs> and then you get robbed by like you know all the people that are turning to hard drugs and right every suburban town everywhere you know right someone just busts in your house and grabs your big TV yeah I know about that <laughs> yeah yeah I never
0: I don't think I've ever gotten robbed. Well,
1: I've got like mugged on the street. Never got Well, I've never gotten, like, robbed. I've never really had stuff to rob. I once got burned by this guy, Ben Cathayo. I hope you're listening. And uh, he was my, like, roommate in college. I really didn't like him. He lived with me for, like, a summer. You know, mm-hmm. I lived in this big, gross house. In Pittsburgh? Yeah. And uh, I remember the day so well. It was like I had... I was in a rock band at the time and was partying a lot and was selling drugs, obviously. And the night before, I, like, went out and stayed with this girl. And I woke up and she was, like, walking around speaking Spanish and it was really sexy, you know, and I was like, this is the best my life will ever be. <laughs> and then I took a walk <clears throat> to the bar and, like, like a nice bar and got Bloody Marys with my band at, like, four in the afternoon. Uh-huh. And then I went home and I had a message from a girl that would later be my girlfriend of like two years that was like, hey, I can't wait to see you. Mm-hmm. Which that became more complicated later, but it was great at the time, you uh-huh. know what I mean? And then this kid, Ben, he was moving out that day. And I go into my room to like sell some, probably some Coke, honestly. Uh-huh. And uh, I like am looking around for my scale uh-huh. and my money, and I can't find anything. Oh. And all my weed is gone. And oh. I was like, you know, being spotted by a certain mafia at the time, uh-huh. and all of a sudden I was in, like, you know, a bunch of trouble. Yeah. And, yeah, he totally robbed me, and then his dad rolled up with him, and, uh, is this good to talk yeah. about?
0: Yeah, yeah, we gotta, get, I wanna get a little bit of your, your stories. This okay. Is, this is a great one. <laughs> kidding me? Mobs? Yeah, so,
1: so the kid, he robbed, he just robbed me, and, uh. It was just a really weird... What did he roll up with his
0: dad to do? Well, then? so
1: he was moving out of the house that day. Yeah. And his dad lived close to Pittsburgh. And was like, oh, my wonderful son, Ben, I'll help you move. And this kid was such a tool. He, like... I was playing in a band at the time that was doing well, and he, like, really wanted to be a musician and would totally, like, copy my shit. Uh-huh. But he was, like, a total, like, prick-looking swimmer-type jock. Not like you, swimmer. Like, he <laughs> looked like... He looked like a, like a wannabe Michael Phelps type guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. I can imagine that. Okay. And, uh...
0: Nice so, yeah, hairless, just, hairless chest.
1: Yeah, and he just fucking Long robbed me. Mother and and man. it was a weird experience where, like, I was having this great day Yeah. and got robbed, but was still having a good day because sex just cancels everything out in a man's
0: mind, I guess. Well, it certainly can. <laughs> it feels pretty good. Right. It's so just, then you were in trouble because you had a bunch of coke that you were supposed to sell that you then was gone? Right.
1: And I, the way that I used to do it, because I was a major drug addict myself, was mm-hmm. I would get it spotted to me. Right. I had built up enough trust right. in this system that I right. would get it in advance. Right.
0: And then you just have to make sure you sold enough of it. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. So that ended up being like a really troubling
1: situation. I was like avoiding... This mob yeah. for like two months, yeah. and Pittsburgh—it's it's a big city, but you know if you're looking for someone, it's not hard to find them. Yeah, and yeah, I ended up getting out of it, but Good. but it was it was crazy. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah new, uh, yeah, sex was great. That the beginning of, of of love or whatever is great
1: yeah it gets harder as you get older too how so to make it last I think
0: yeah that feeling
1: yeah like I remember being drawn to every girl that I had been with uh huh and now I'm like so hardened and old you know I'm just I'm not even old but I'm just <laughs> I feel old yeah and I'm just like I might be with a girl for like a month and, and be like uh oh, I, I hate her uh huh this is really bad for me to be saying This It's not like blatant sexist. It's not like that. All that I'm saying is that love is harder to come by than it used to be.
0: Yeah. It's like. Do you think it's because you're less willing or less interested in like compromising things or like altering your court your path? Yes, I think that I've figured out a lot more of what I want
1: to be doing. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. And and definitely the compromising. It's like if. Someone is, for example, especially out in Colorado, you might get this someone that trades crystals, or is kind of like a bigot, more so. I don't okay. mind someone <laughs> trading crystals, but like, say you get someone that like has an accidental sense of like bigotry or racism in them, you know, built
0: in from their parents or whatever,
1: right? And you know, it's not on purpose. You know, it's not them, but right. But that's and I'll how they are. Some them talk and be like, Ugh, "Yeah," and I, I just can't get past it,
0: right? And you don't have, pay- yeah. I think also, or I think about my experience and how it used to be I would, I would give up everything for a woman. And, like, that was the ultimate thing. Because I wanted, like, the approval and love of a woman. And, uh, and then you realize that you just don't want to do that. Because then your life is miserable. Kind of. Right. Or you have like two lives. You have one life where you're like yourself when you're alone, and then you have the other person you are when you're with that person. And like, yeah, you realize that the most important thing in life, yeah, yeah. Certainly, if
1: and when that person leaves, it becomes challenging to figure out what, you know, maybe what you're doing in that situation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so once you get that you know kind of who you are and who you aren't then uh, you're not willing to you're not interested in giving that up for anything because then it just sucks you're just like wasting your life basically but I had no idea what I was about like for a while in high school and college so I didn't have that clarity of like whether or not it it matched up or whether or not I, I, I was continuing my own Pursuits or whatever. I'm collecting, I've got a pretty good crystal and rock collection, by the way. I got one too, put on my desk. But I didn't bring them. I think I brought one of them. I put them in a box and I felt kind of bad because I was trying to clear up my room a little bit when I left because it's kind of like. I'm, like, becoming more of an adult, and so I kind of want, like, my bedroom at home to be le- a little more of an, an- anonymous place, mm-hmm. have it be a little less of just, like, Gabe's room. Right. But, uh, so I boxed up all these crystals and, like, stones that people have given me. And I, like, I like them when people give them to me. They're pretty, but I don't know what to, I don't know what to do with them. I guess you can put them on, like, a windowsill. That's but all But it's just like, you do. Yeah. <laughs> so I put them all in a box and put them in the bottom of another box that's just going to sit in storage. And then I was like, why don't I just leave them in the room? Like, that's something you could just leave in a room.
1: Well, like. that's a living in Colorado thing, too. Once you end up with, like, 30 pounds of rocks,
0: yeah, you got. You can't be
1: just carrying that around.
0: Right. you got to get rid of them and start over. Totally. Or tra- try to trade them. <clears throat> Getting
1: rid of them and starting over, you know, is interesting, like, in the sense of maybe these were all things that were given to you from, like, a spiritual sense. Someone else was like, oh, you could use this. Yeah. And so to get rid of them and start over is kind of, like, repurposing a sense of identity. Sure. Yeah, not being tied to other people's
0: ideas of you, maybe.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, um, my parents, like, as soon as I started getting in trouble, basically, like cleared everything out of my childhood bedroom and like put everything in the garage and now it's at the point where like everything that's in the garage is getting thrown away Uh which is kind of like crystals right and it's like I could be bummed out about it or I could just keep doing what I've been doing which is moving to new places and just acquiring all new things. And Um, not
0: being attached to anything. Yeah
1: it's nice I mean it's a lesson that I learned a while ago when I was...
0: Folks, at this point, the audio started wigging out on us. Unbeknownst to us, we continued our sweet conversation. We talked about possessions and about Eric's garage back home and the idea of things in storage that you think are important, and then uh, once you're away from them for a certain amount of time, you realize that they're not important. And then somehow we got onto the topic of aging. And so then the audio improves. so the beginning of this next section is still a little bubbly but then it fades out into a glorious uh bubble free conversation i apologize for the the delay the break and for the taste of that peanut butter i know it came out a little raunchy here's the rest of our conversation <laughs> I mean, I think I'm still, personally, I'm still uh, holding out hope and sort of in denial about aging. And I figure, like, I might as well be. I don't know. There's something to being pragmatic, too, and being like, yeah, I'm going to get old.
1: Because and I'm you not, Am I what? Yeah, I mean, I... Here's
0: I don't I know. From living here, right? You certainly, if you assume that you're going to get old, I think you're much more likely to get old, right? I agree.
1: I think that if you... <laughs> So, from living in Payonia, right, I've realized if you think that you're young, you may actually even be like gray-haired and physically look young forever. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a... I believe that. It's a new concept to me. It's like, you know, I feel like you can actually never get old. It's like not like in a Peter Pan way. Like, hopefully you'll get more responsible. Right. But there are definitely ways to not...
0: Right. It's a it's it's a state of mind, right? I mean, it's
1: kind of impossible to tell how I I know how old you are, you know. It's kind of hard to tell. Right. It's like you could I suppose be 32 or you could be like 22.
0: Right. Yeah. I think that's Well, thank you for the compliment. <laughs> I'm 29. <laughs> <laughs> Going to be 30. Yeah, it's uh I think it's state of mind. And it's like I kind of feel the same way about um Ideas of like, say, the idea of world peace, something like that. I think that um, I have this idea that like you might as well think that that's what's going to happen, or imagine that. Like, or you might as well imagine that you're not ever going to get old, that you're always that I'm always going to get to play soccer, or like uh, I don't want to be delusional. And I guess that I think the important thing is not to be attached to any outcome. And then, like, be disappointed when, like, world peace doesn't happen. But, like, I feel like because of the idea that our thoughts create reality, you might as well have positive thoughts and, like, thoughts of revolution and world peace and all that kind of stuff. Because yeah. Because why not?
1: I like that. I've never thought like that. Yeah. But, but in reality, do you think... I mean, I can't say if we're getting close to do a sense of world peace. It's like... <clears throat> As I understand more and more about what's going on in the world around me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's kind of like things are certainly progressing around the world, but then I also know so much more about the bad things happening. Right. You know. Right. But, but it's like, but they are a lot. A lot of things in the world are on their way to definitely not being perfect, yeah. but getting somewhat better than
0: yeah. Me, than I it agree. Used to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one because you don't want to, you do want to be realistic and you don't want to uh, ignore the bad things that are happening so that you can keep, maintain some rosy outlook. Um, I think that for things to be really, really, really good in the world uh, is actually, there's only a couple of fundamental things or specific things that need to change. And there's not any major barriers f- between those things changing like for example if the United States were to cut their military budget by say 900 billion dollars the world would magically quickly and drastically change sure. and that's something that potentially could happen like for in order for that to happen it's just a, a series of people that have to change their mind about things, right? So it's it's very much within the realm of possibility. It's not like we're faced... I mean, environmental degradation is something different. Like, that's something that can't just be changed by people changing their mind. It can stop getting worse. But for, I think we're at a place where that hasn't gotten so bad that it, it wouldn't recover, You know, like, the world couldn't... If we stopped making it worse... Couldn't recover... Um... So... I think... I think that it could happen, basically... I think that it could happen... I think that... We could have... And I don't know... It's kind of weird to think about it... Because, like... I don't know that I want, like... A perfect world... Like, then... That's kind of boring... In a way... Like, if everybody's just... Fucking happy and peaceful... Like, yeah. do I want that? Like, what What do we do then? Like, w- what's fun about that? But I certainly w- would like to see it... I don't know. Maybe we just then can keep evolving further. Or, like, get see, involved in some new shit or travel space or something.
1: I don't know that there could be, like, a perfect world, right? Yeah. But, but I mean, like, there's most certainly could be perfect communities within the world. Like, uh-huh. you know... Uh, like, where we are now is... I mean, it has its problems with...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, in my opinion, it has its problems with thoughts being... Uh, you know, basically, there's a lot of racism here, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But that being said, it's like such a small community. It's like... It's very close to being perfect, in a way. I agree. And, um, you know, with the world um you know with the environment it's kind of like makes me think of like any re uh like reemerging city like detroit maybe or buffalo football. right okay <laughs> where it's like what is perfect anyway it's like you see these buildings and then they get taken over by nature right. again right and they kind of get like re-inhabited yeah. into the natural world yeah but then they might get even a third life of like urban farming or something Uh you know what I mean Uh and it's kind of like I I don't know I don't know what perfect would be I mean I kind of like that oh of course wave of it
0: I do too I think that basically it's all about freedom and like whether or not people are free to move to be themselves to walk down the street without fear, you know. I think that's the basic. To think what they want, you know. To mm. is it though? Because freedom of expression is
1: is a great thing, but at the same time, it causes for expressions of violence. True. Hatred. Well,
0: yeah, you have to have like sovereignty. So your freedom extends only as far as. Like, your person Like, it it can't impinge on anybody else's freedom That's gotta be the The line
1: Certainly But then, I don't know Like, so many people would have different Definitions of Of that I mean, maybe me tattooing my hands Is offensive to other people You know what I mean? Oh, I wouldn't count that Or maybe I'd have
0: to reject that if I were president of the world. Yeah, but or
1: maybe other people like representing, I don't know, maybe someone reading the Bible or reading the Torah or reading the Quran could be seen as incredibly offensive to someone else. I don't know why, but it's just, you know, it could be.
0: Yeah, I think people are are def- are overly sensitive in 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 some ways and like they think I think it happens when they don't have anything going on in their lives. Then they just want to start like changing people's other lives because they want something to do. So yeah. they want to just like they want some cause or they want some evil that they feel like they're fighting against. And it's because they don't have they do have their own shit going on. Like yeah. that's like where I'm at. See, I, I've been
1: reading a lot about. So you know, through I'm my through my journey as like uh, an artist per se, right? Like I've become more and more. Politically correct, not really by nature of what's popular, but yeah. just by learning about other people, yeah. traveling and whatever, yeah. But um, yeah, it's funny because I was saying I like yelled at the lady with the Confederate flag. Right. right. In a sense, I think that I'm just really bored, and uh-huh. these are the things that now like get to me, uh-huh. you know, because I don't have anything real going on in my life. Right. And there's certainly a ton of comedians out there. You know, I think Jerry Seinfeld. uh Larry David, Mm -hmm. and, like, even in this magazine here, Chelsea Handler says, uh, you know, like, political correctness is, like, killing expression. Right. And I get what you're saying. I, like, totally can rationally agree. Yeah. But I think that I must just be, like, tipped on the side where it's, like, oh, but what about this? What if you say this? That's not good. Yeah. Um, So I, I don't even, I'm, like, confused within my own head. It's, like... Yeah. You know, on on one hand, I want to, like, start a movement and, like, start... I feel like to start a movement, you need a strong message that might yeah. go against the grain. Yeah. On the other hand, I'm like, oh, I just want to be, like, really educated and right mm. all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
1: And it's weird. You think about, you know, when I was in, like, the fifth grade, um, you know, Mexican families that were illegal were not called immigrants. They were called aliens.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that has to be with what we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> but it's just something that I no, know about. It's well and I think that you're responding like to the confederate flag because of what it represents and I think what it represents is is, is some kind of tyranny where you aren't allowing certain people to be free And you're sort of broadcasting that. I think that's probably what you're responding to when you see that flag or you see people that are flying that is there's that energy of like, I think it's fear. Like, you can just feel their fear. It's all, and you want to shake them and just be like, What the fuck are you so afraid of? Or, like, yeah.
1: I, yeah. I I mean, that was actually exactly what I thought. Like, yeah. And right, and you're teaching this
0: to your daughter. You're, like, teaching, teaching her fear. to be afraid of these certain people.
1: And it's, like, with the idea of world peace as a, as a grand scheme, yeah. you know, because I don't think that anyone will ever see the perfect world. I think that maybe it existed when there was one person on the earth. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's like, yeah, how are we supposed to move forward if we keep bringing up? bad things from the past. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. And uh, <laughs> and making not not bring, not bringing them up and learning about them, but more so learning about the fear behind
0: them and like why and it perpetuating yeah. that and passing that on to the next generation. Exactly. Absolutely. That's got to stop. It really you got to you got to have you got to have forgiveness. That's the b- best thing about Christianity. That's the whole Christian the best thing about the Christian philosophy is forgiveness. Right. And it's so ironic that so many Bigots are Christian. <laughs> I mean, it's just a tool. But you know? all kinds of, I mean, so everyone is just a tool. Different religions
1: are, are bigots. Democracy is just a tool of control. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's all that... Of, it. of oh, course. Yeah. There was an article about a pastor that decided that if you're gay, you're going to shoot flames out of your ass and burn. <laughs> and it's like, where do you get that from? Like, what. What scientific or biblical evidence do you have to support that claim? Right, but that's like people get excited about that. He's like, that, "Yeah, that you're gonna sells. shoot flames out of your ass and die." Yeah, I mean,
0: that's pretty dramatic. That'll sell some. that sell some Bibles or whatever. Get some donations.
1: Well, that's what's really this country is all about, and this world is all about is sales.
0: That's what's mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. It is money. It's the money. It's greed. That money. Greed! Uh, Do you want to take a quick break? Maybe we'll play a track on the podcast. Yeah. We can listen to it now and then we can talk about it a little bit. Sure. Sweet. Sydney, the name of the song?
1: Yeah, off of uh, Sunless, which is an old album of mine.
0: Sunless with an O? S-O-N-less? No, like Sunless,
1: yeah. Like, uh, there was a movie called Sun Soleil that I stole the title from, and another movie called The Sun and Annette that I stole the imagery from.
0: Cool. What, for the album? Yeah. Cool.
1: Um, or the vibe, I don't know. Uh-huh. What but, year was that? It uh, came out in 2013.
0: Wow. Yeah, not that long ago.
1: It seems like a different life. But you were in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I was in Pittsburgh. Uh, we recorded. So I had a band with me on that album for other people, and uh, we recorded it onto an eight-track cassette machine in my bedroom. Cool. In Pittsburgh. Cool. It was a long project. It was yeah. Cool How many long. tracks
0: are on the album? Uh, I think
1: ten or eleven. Sweet. I'm not sure. But
0: yeah. uh, is that the one that's getting? Repressed. It is. Cool. Yeah. So yes, had so you guys uh, signed a contract with a record company, or you made it and then tried, just tried to get it?
1: It, like, loosely was contracted, I guess. Uh, contracted, is that the right word? Sure. Contracted.
0: Contracted.
1: Yeah. Um, it came out on a black metal label. Okay. Uh, this label called Ageless Curse that ended up dissolving because it's main band, Dendritic Arbor, became, like, a much bigger black metal band in uh-huh. America and signed to a bigger label. Uh-huh. But it's being repressed by Hoko Sounds, which is like a small tape label that I've put out a lot of demos on and stuff like that. Cool. And uh, so the track is about this girl that I met my freshman year of college. I took a film like a like photography class. And mm-hmm. I thought it would be like easy and fun and I was a terrible photographer and the mm-hmm. professor hated me and like <laughs> You know, I was always, like, really fucked up back then, too. Mm -hmm. So I would show up to class. It was in night class. I would show up all high and bent. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was this girl in there, Sydney, that was, like, really beautiful, but in, like, a weird way, like, Mm -hmm. mysterious looking. Mm -hmm. And she had, like, this boyfriend that was, like, some, like, major frat bro that, like, wanted to kill me since day (laughs) one. So anyway... So, like, we had this experience way back when where she, like, started developing my photos and we went to the dark room together and, like, Ooh, made out a little... Nice! You know, it was a like, right. film-class fantasy film, yeah. right? <laughs> so, anyway, then we didn't talk for, like, two years. Mm-hmm. But I, like, always... You know, this was back when I was more impressionable. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the love that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And so I always, like, held this girl kind of dear. Yeah. And, uh... So the day after I got robbed, actually, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and after my, who would become my future girlfriend got in touch with me, right? Um, there was this period for one day where Sydney came back to Pittsburgh to go to her boyfriend's college graduation, and um, she called me at like 11 at night, uh-huh. and was like, hey, I'm coming over. Wow. Yeah. And came to my house, and we totally... Sorry, you know. Yeah. She's not going to listen to this. (laughs) So we, you know... we Cool. We finally fulfilled that dream. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, the next morning, she, like, bounced and was like, Hey, I'll probably never see you again. That was it. And so that was, like, I wrote this song. Wow, I was very different at this time. I guess things were different. Yeah. The next day, I... I saw another girl this makes me sound like a horrible misogynist but you know (laughs) this is just the way it was whatever the next day I saw a third girl and when I was leaving her house the next morning I remember it was raining out and I was waiting at the bus stop and I was really like bummed out about never seeing Sydney again and I still haven't seen her and and, like just wrote this song on my notepad on my phone just like and that was it Okay, man. You know what? The girl who sings on the track in the back was a different girl that I was seeing at the time and while we were recording. Was making fun of me the Uh whole time. Of
0: course. (laughs) It's interesting how um, there are like loops of people in your life. And like you talk about that sort of that sounds like that experience when she called you at 11 and came over was sort of the end of this loop that got started in that class and dark room and then it like it takes however long but it's like it's still part of both of you and then like it made me find sort of a a conclusion and like right
1: absolutely that was the close of that and that was that and And I've
0: had I've had sort of similar experiences with people where you just like generally now I accept when people aren't in my life but sometimes there is that feeling of unfinished business and it's really cool when you can like Kind
1: of close the it, loop. Close Absolutely. The loop. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like the idea of infinity. You know, it's like you have this middle point, but maybe it never really closes because uh, you know, as a person and another person, you know, we have some sort of investment in yeah. each other, whatever it may be. Yeah. And you have, you know, your one loop yeah. that closes, but there's always room for it to open.
0: Right. Right. That's true. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Well, thanks a lot, man. Thank this you. was really fun. Great pad to record a podcast in. And uh, thanks for the tracks. And I'll put I'll put some links up on the page so Great. people can find more of your music if they want. Cool. And uh, keep on keep on living the pioneer dream. I will try. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. That was Nick Lawless. Go to Gabe Roberts art dot com G-A-B-E-R-O-B-E-R-T-S-A-R-T dot com and go over to the podcast page and you will find a couple of links and a picture of Eric, aka Nick Lawless. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions for moi, send an email to gabe art at gmail.com. Happy spring, happy fall, happy oatmeal season, because every season is oatmeal season, um, because you can put different toppings on it. I love you all. Thanks for listening. Until next time, adios.